cult cinema catacombs. These films exist. And now, here are your hosts, Roy Buckingham and Andrew Farmer. What is is happening? Oh, Hello, Hello, folks. Welcome to Cult Cinema Catacombs. And our brain is broken. (laughs) Because prior to this show, we're, we're as, as we mentioned on the previous episode with Ice Cream Man, we're closing out Clint Howard Month. And we went from one of his most famous movies, The Ice Cream Man, to a film so obscure it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page uh, called, called Digital Man. And also from 1995, we just watched the trailer for this thing. Holy and we have no idea what we just witnessed. <laughs> It's like other than it has Soldier and Starship Troopers had a baby. Yeah, it's like Universal Soldier meets RoboCop meets the Lawnmower Man a little bit there. Um, Yeah, it's in there. uh, And 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 Adam Baldwin. Uh, (laughs) It's got well, it's got Ken Oland in it from Leprechaun and everything that you've ever seen during that time period. Um, it's got Ed Lauder. It's got Patrick Swayze's brother. It's yeah, that's what kills me is that it's got Don Swayze. It's like we couldn't get Patrick Swayze, so let's get Don Swayze. It's got Don Gleason in it. It's got uh, it's just got it's it's loaded. And it's, it's got Clint Howard. It's got Clint, uh, of course it has Clint Howard, but it's got uh Kristen Dalton in it. It's got uh. Jesus, I'm still reeling from what we just watched. Um, <laughs> there was so much happening. Oh yeah, in that trailer. I don't know what's going on, but it's happening. Yeah, it, the, the trailer was literally a, a, a smack upside the head. It really was. It didn't let up. It no. didn't let up. Um. I don't know what to – you've never seen this, nor had you heard about it I've before I found it. I've never heard of this thing, no. And it's like I'm looking at the other stuff that this guy has done. The director? The director. And I've never heard of any Let single one of these films. We, we've got Bad Trip from 1988, Fatal Revenge from 1989, Red Snow from 1990, okay. Boa right. from 1990. Here's the thing. I've seen 90% of these films. Oh, God. <laughs> I've not seen any of them. <laughs> I've seen Boa, for sure. I've seen Prototype, for sure. I've seen Velocity Trap, Interceptor Force, Falcon Down, uh, Interceptor Force 2, Dragon Fighter, 100%, at least three times. Um, yeah, these are all super, super B movies. So these are like super... pre, um, like pre Asylum Asylum movies. So these were mockbusters before mockbusters were a thing. Yes. Oh, for okay. sure. Oh, for sure. Dark Water was one hundred percent a ripoff of Deep Blue Sea. That's that's. What oh my say. God! Out of all films to rip off. Like, but that was like, like when when something like that was popular, they would make the mock the mockbusters, right? Mm-hmm. Pre. Pre-asylum, they wouldn't own them the way they're owned now. You know what I mean? They wouldn't be like out in front of it saying, that's exactly what we're doing. Come at me, bro. I'm going to make a movie that's exactly like that movie, but like a thousand times worse. And you're going to love it. Like these were 
under the radar direct to DVD releases usually try to get out in advance of the film, but they were absolutely blockbusters or mockbusters. Yes, 100%. Turnaround times were insanely fast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know this guy's work. I know this guy's work. So you're in the right mindset then to what to expect. So basically, so basically, I got to put myself in the mindset of the of the asylum films then. Yes. You know, like like something like that that movie that they just teamed up with on um um oh what is it um they just teamed up, they just teamed up with uh, one of those free streaming systems to to launch a movie. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which one now, but which I'm, I'm going to have to eventually watch because I'm like, wow, now they're making movies for free streaming services. Oh, but like like Python is Casper Van Dien, Robert England, <laughs> William Zabka, Billy Zabka. Like, that's what these movies are. Um, I remember watching I remember vividly watching Python. Um, let me see. Epoch. Oh, yeah, I watched that because that stars. um Oh, who does it star? Da- yep, that's a David Keith. That's right. David Keith's in that. Um, Ryan O'Neill's in that. James Avery's in that. James Hong. So that's this guy would pull, you know, uh, he would make mock, mock busters, try to get them out before the movies would come out that they were based on, basically. God. Oh, this is going to be fan. I'm very excited now. I'm very excited now. Not that yeah. I wasn't before. <laughs> because all I gathered from the trailer, but by the way, not one shot of Clint Howard in the trailer, guys. Yeah. I was just like, come on. But, you know, they focused more on the bad CGI that's going on. I mean, it's sad when the CGI in War Games looks better than <laughs> the CGI in this movie. Um, but, you know, there, there's there's that going on and then you just have the the universal robocop soldier marching around blowing shit up just to blow shit up and then they're going we need to stop this or we're going to have world war three and sending out like a race of super soldiers against it i don't know i mean (laughs) i i get the feeling because it's in the it's in the distant future is what they say in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling we, we, we're going to get a Space Marines vibe <laughs> coming off of this. Despite looking like it was all filmed in Utah. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> filmed in, in, in Joshua Tree. But... <laughs> is this is this portion of Nevada cancer radiation-free? Good. We're going to film this futuristic movie here. I love the fact that this whole Clint Howard um, thing that we've done uh, which has been phenomenal. It's been fantastic. Mm. Thank you. Has been you doing films that Clint wants to be remembered for, me doing films that Clint wants to be forgotten for. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm gonna throw this one, this one. Okay, well, I'm gonna do, I'm, I'm gonna do House of the Dead, and uh, well, I, I think he, I think he would want to be remembered yes. for that episode of South, uh, Star Trek because that's a classic and I, episode. And I get a, I get a sneaking suspicion that. Just kind of Clint Howard through interviews and things like that, that I I feel like he's not somebody that would turn away from his work on like House of the Dead. 
You know, like hmm. he would he would say, I did that. Like I I did that wild shit. I dressed up like the Gordon's fisherman with one hand. Why not? Why wouldn't you? Like Well, I actually that that reminds me of a funny story. I had a friend who just uh he went to Texas Frightmare Weekend recently and Alice Krieg was one of the people there. Okay. And uh his partner told Alice Krieg that he loved her in um Silent Hill. And Alice Creek's response was, oh, my God, why? <laughs> so That's I'm funny. like, oh, I know how she feels about that movie. Uh, yeah, she feels about that movie the way I feel about Major Dick Cannon. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm excited. to. I am. I am excited to watch this because neither of us have seen it. Oh, we're going in totally blind. Yeah, it, it looks like. It looks like it's again, sort of like we talked about when we when we talked about the first part of, of an ice cream man, where based on if I was if I went into Hollywood video and I was in the mood, it was 1994, 1995, and I was in the mood for a sci-fi movie. It is by sheer fate that I did not pick this movie up. Mm. You know, so it. I feel like every time we do something like this, whether it's like twice dead or, or something like this, it is, I feel like we're, we're, it's, I feel like it's a weird butterfly effect thing. <laughs> I, I feel like we're creating some kind of alternate timeline paradigm where these, where we watch these movies like in 95, like I, you know, it was 91 and I rode my bike to, you know, the local video store and rented a movie from the gas station or something. <laughs> I was mentioning to you also before we started recording was um, be- right below the trailer was the full movie for uh, another one whose title has intrigued me called The Hologram Man. And I just <laughs> looked up The Hologram Man oh, on no. IMDb. Um, oh, no. It stars Michael Nury, <laughs> uh, William Sanderson, John Amos and Tiny Lister. No, Zeus is in it? Yes. Is he really? All right. Yeah, so we may have to do this one in the future. Um, just based on that cast alone. Oh, and it also stars uh, John Laura, who played Tarzan in oh. uh, the 1989 movie Tarzan in Manhattan. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we have that going on, too. Um just a little FYI there. Oh shit! It's got a. <laughs> I knew I recognized this picture when I saw it. Uh, Alex Cord. Mm-hmm. Played the uh, general in uh, Airwolf, the yep. TV show. <laughs> oh, this is good. We might, yeah. I, we're gonna this, have to this do. This is how we gonna... go down a rabbit hole that ends up at Twice Dead, man. Like. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to have to do Hologram. We're, we're going to have to save Hologram Man for a rainy day, definitely, because, yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. We'll, we'll put this we, – we should have something we draw from when, when we are out of ideas. We just be like, okay, blind uh, draw, uh, Hologram Man. <laughs> All right. All right, uh, Premutos the, the Return. Um, oh, God, Remutos. Dot and the Remutos. Dot and the bunny. No, never. <laughs> I get so, so, one, 
I get one veto for the length of the, the breadth of this show, and it's going to be for that. Someone uploaded three of three more of those damn Dot movies on oh, YouTube. Wow. There's there's Dot and the Bunny, Dot and the Whale, and Dot and the Mosquito. Ugh. And I'm just like, oh, God, why? Why? I tried watching all three of them. I didn't even last two minutes. No, you're not going to. <laughs> didn't even last. I, mean, I could have told you that part. Well, I, I'm excited. Let's go watch this thing. I'm excited watch, for it. Let's watch us some Digital Man. Yeah. Okay, we're uh, we're going we're gonna to shit our pants, aren't we? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's not going to be great, but it's going to be great. It's going to be epically trap craptastic oh it is I'm, I'm i know i know what to expect now and i'm like oh, okay uh roy i'm sorry i'm sorry for what i'm about to do to you these were so this guy uh had to have worked for the sci-fi channel because all of these movies so you know how they went to the asylum uh, where a bunch of movies like for their saturday night movies at some oh, point yeah this was pre that oh god but these were those movies Oh, that they would show god. on like the the sci-fi originals is what they would call them. Oh god. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, this is going to be deep hurting. Okay. And, and the 90s sci-fi originals at that. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. Now okay, now I'm in the right mindset. Yeah, back before it was <laughs> SYFY. <laughs> when it was, it was the sci-fi the channel. The sci-fi channel. Showing dark showing dark shadows every morning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, back okay. when it was at that level, which was frankly better. All right, it was that was I would I prefer to go back to those days. The days of Babylon Five. The the days before they had any budget whatsoever yeah. to make a the, well the one show I like is that one uh, real estate show that's on now. That show bangs. That show slaps. <laughs> well, I, I forget what it's called, but it, if you if if you guys haven't watched it, it is the weirdest shit in the world because it's about a real estate agent who sells haunted houses. <laughs> so half of the show is about the haunted house and the ghosts and getting rid of the ghosts. The other half of the show is like a real estate show. It's a drama about selling houses. Like we need comps for the area and we need to call our guy to come out and replace the plumbing. <laughs> it's wild and it works. All right. Wasn't right, Beyond Belief was, was wasn't Beyond Belief on the Sci-Fi Channel? Oh yes, it was. <laughs> How many dicks can you fit in your face? <laughs> can you ride a unicycle? Be, have be you, Arthur? Have you ever run down the hill with a cake? <laughs> God. All right, let's How watch this. How many bees movie. are there? <laughs> All right, gang, we'll be right back after we watch the insanity. Never look for a quarter in a phone booth only to find a dollar. (laughs) We'll be right back. In our distant future, a military machine designed to prevent war. Digital man is the model of the perfect soldier has been programmed to start one. That D-1 unit aboard that ship has the launch codes for 250 nuclear missiles. But the world's most dangerous weapon... If that unit could gain access to an uplink, it could transmit a launch order. 
must face the Army's ultimate warriors. And we'd all be in the middle of World War III. In a final battle to save our world. What the hell was that? Oh my god! I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Did Don Don Swayze play two roles in this movie? Didn't he? No, he was playing one character. <laughs> he but was there playing. was a so there's a guy at the beginning of the movie, the Who very beginning. Him. Yeah. Is it, it? But it's not him. It's not him. No. It's, are we sure about that? Oh. I, I first I thought it was Don Swayze, and then when we got to Don Swayze, I was just like, oh yeah, that's definitely. You could tell he's got Patrick Swayze's eyes. You could tell it's him. Oh but my god! First of all, the opening credit sequence of this film that looked like something straight out of a Sega CD game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the creation of the Cyberman. This was just a a sad. <laughs> A sad time in – it was a period in, in in film, especially in direct-to-video or you know, direct-to-cable film, where the, the uh, technology hadn't caught up yet to do what they were wanting to do, mm-hmm. but they did it anyway. <laughs> this was like computer animation that you would have saw if, if anybody is old enough to remember the – the VHS series that came out called the Mind's Eye series. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The the opening credit sequence to this movie looked like a segment from the Mind's Eye VHS series. It it, it really did. The whole movie is just a mess of <laughs> special effects. And the thing is, is that, that the movie really peaks and valleys when it comes to the the pacing of the film because i mean you you go from just extreme what the fuckery to and then yeah. all of a sudden it's what the fuckery all over again and, and all of a I, sudden the digital man steps around the corner with a ju- the the guns in this movie are insane there's and, no and, middle ground they have no. these giant space marines guns and then they have just like berettas yeah there's no in between gun it's, it's either something that you would see the Space Marines have in Aliens or, you know, just a little pea shooter. Yeah, something from MIT PD Blue. <laughs> and, what just, I, and what I love is the, is the digital man, when he turns around and talks, he's just like, like, um, uh, what's the best way I could describe his, his accent and the way that he talks? A, a digital version of the 1995 Mortal Kombat's Raiden, and it's the way he if, talks, the way he's yeah. just like, I have assaulted everybody in. <laughs> well, and my thing about the digital man is, I know that you know it's not. I'm aware. Yeah. But there were at least five or six times that he popped around a corner that I could have sworn it was Paul Rubens. <laughs> With yes, Paul Rubens with extreme L.A. looks hair gel in his hair. <laughs> I, like, I was just like, 
Oh, no, okay, it's not Paul Rubens. <laughs> Clint Howard was in this movie for about 10 seconds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a cameo. I mean, it was definitely a cameo. It was him versus Jean-Claude Van Don't uh, in this movie. I, and that's the thing is the movie was like it took elements of Universal Soldier, elements of Aliens, elements of Tremors, elements of the Lawnmower Man, <laughs> and then some political espionage. Why not? I, yeah, you gotta have you gotta have some uh, you gotta have some government. Uh, it, it is proto every asylum movie, every Sharktopus or Mega Piranha or oh, whatever. This was this set the the outline for how every single asylum movie needed to be made. Even though it's not made by Asylum, it was made by Republic Pictures, a Tory not Tory but an Aaron Spelling company. That tells you anything. And this film was made in conjunction with the Sci-Fi Channel. It's very clear in the opening credits. Uh-huh. I want you to know that. But yeah, this definitely set the standard for what all future silent movies needed to be. And, and it, it delivers on its promise of oh, insanity. Yeah. Such a mockbuster. Never has a mockbuster mockbustered oh, on the screen like this thing. And I mean, the, the the premise is just the most basic thing in the world. They have a digital soldier, which is a cyborg man, that they send in to uh, do their dirty work for him. Mm-hmm. He uh, he gets a quote unquote hacked by some terrorists to get some nuclear codes, um, and he's going to uh, deliver them to the terrorists. So they send in their crack squad of future marine space marine soldiers to uh, turn out to be cyborgs and didn't know they were cyborgs right to to go mess him up um and and he's in this small town with the inhabitants of this small town um yeah that's where the tremors element comes up because i was honestly waiting for reba mcintyre to come out of nowhere (laughs) but uh elephant gun yeah but no, instead instead of Reba McIntyre, we got something better. We got Susan Tyrell from, <laughs> from such movies as Forbidden Planet and Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, and Angel out of nowhere with a shock. I swear, you brought up a point about her, and I agree. In every movie, she's got a goddamn gun in <laughs> her hand. She's never going to go without a gun, man. Even in Forbidden Zone, she had a ray gun in her hand. I'm like, when is Susan Tyrell not with a gun in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> but and I mean, She is Susan Tyrelling all over the place. She's only in two scenes in this movie, but she's just like, I may be in only two scenes in this movie, but God damn it, you're going to remember me. <laughs> But she, um, but yes, the they find the, the inhabitants. the The digital man basically views them as a threat after they shoot him about a thousand times. And uh, well, they fucked up. up. They, they fucked up his satellite. Well, listen, you don't go into a Patrick Swayze's brother's trailer and, and shoot it up and don't expect no recompense for that. All right. <laughs> Oh, him and him and his his girlfriend were like my two favorite characters in that movie. Um, how was it I described the girlfriend? I've tried to remember, but it was perfect. Uh, let me see if I can find it here re- real quick here. Because uh, yeah, I, I oh, gave you did like, send it to me. Yeah, but yeah, it was um, go on as I'm looking for it here. But I'm, anyway, yeah. So he's so. shooting up. So he shoots up this town. They send in the space marines to bring him down. Um, 
you know, they hunt this guy, this guy hunts them. They're all over this military complex fighting, fighting, fighting. Um, and, uh, turns out that it wasn't the terrorists. It was, uh, our own military, uh, that, um, that wanted the nuclear codes. Um, and in the meantime, Adam Baldwin, there, there's a, there are three characters in this movie that are, that are like only seen in like the military scenes. It's, uh, Adam Baldwin, um, Ed, La- Ed Lautner or Ed Lauder, um, and who was that? And Paul Gleason, right? Those are like the three that you. Oh, that you and also a very uncredited Amanda Weiss. Which, yeah, what was okay, that? Because at first when she appeared, I was just like, oh, we got special cameo by Amanda Weiss, and then it turned out it's not a cameo. She's pretty much in the goddamn movie, and I'm like, why is her name not in a credit? So the theory that you and I came up with is that she <laughs> probably went up to the people going, look. I was in two hit movies from the 80s, and I was in fucking Shockma. Do not besmirch <laughs> my credits with saying I'm in this movie. I was in Highlander. I was in Shockma. You keep my name out of your mouth. I was in Better Off Dead. I was, I, I was in fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. Keep this movie out of my out of my bio. Right. By the way, I, fi- I finally found the description of Patrick Swayze's brother's girlfriend. What's it was that? the love the love child of Luann Platter and Pinky Tuscadero. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. That's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and oh. he was like a horny muskrat throughout the entire film. Oh, yeah. He was he – was, uh, he was like the horny shade of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Oh wait, that's the man that done fucked up my, my satellite. I'm gonna kill you. Listen, anybody who looks that much, like there are, like I have a brother. I don't look that much like my brother. <laughs> it's like they took the remaining DNA of Patrick Swayze and made his brother. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it really does. Like, but there are others. Like Frank Stallone has, or, or, or Sly Stallone has a brother like that that looks just like painfully like him yeah you know like he could be he could be (laughs) patrick swayze that's all i'm saying and this is where the mockbuster tradition of casting somebody who is related to a giant celebrity in a role just because it's like well hey it stars patrick swayze's brother right if you like patrick swayze you're gonna love the gerbil that's his brother <laughs> but they 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 figure out that he's you know after they're done killing him because there's this subplot with um the, the our lead our lead hero and his girlfriend who's on the team with Ken Oland uh, Anderson I believe it's Gina's her name mm-hmm. um they 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 fight through the whole thing and then she ends up killing the the uh the digital man at the end. There's a whole lot of digital man effects. Like he's invisible I love the, at one point. I love the fact that you refer to the digital man as the living embodiment of the music of craft work. I love really, that. The hair, <laughs> just the whole thing. And, uh, but then we find out that in the end, um, that, uh, he, um, that it wasn't terrorists. It was our own government. It was factions of our own government trying to mm-hmm. do this. And, 
you know, blah, 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 and um, whatever. Whatever. None of that's important. What's important is the digital man. <laughs> what's important are, are special effects. That's what's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple of times I texted you in bold letters, special effects, especially the especially the sequence when they crash in the desert. Where it's just like the ship is out of control, and then the person who was doing the toaster effect said, "Ah, yeah. fuck it," and just it just it just belly flops on the ground. Well, my my thing is they made a New Hope in 1977. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was a model of a like spaceship thing on a stick in front of a green screen. Yeah. <laughs> It was in, not in, great. in 95 in 1995 and the uh, the the uh, the escape from New York like oh, um, effects that basically made it look like you were playing the video game Tempest from the 80s. Right. Just the, <laughs> the, all of the effects. There's a great I will say this. There is an absolutely fantastic death scene um, in this movie. Um, the Asian guy. No, I was gonna, no Jackson. Um, oh God, yes. <laughs> Jackson's death scene is—it's it, one of the trying to invoke like a Carl Weathers in Predator, <clears throat> or you know something like that. So was, kind of, you, call, you called it the Yafet Koto moment, is what you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing is like. I, I want to see the script, the casting call for this when they were going in to do casting, because it's like we need a Yafet Koto like character. We need a you know everything had like next to it for the character type. Um, we need we need a Brandon Lee type, but looking more Asian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we we need someone who is attractive but not blonde. We 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 need someone. Who looks like he could be a great action hero, a la David Boreanaz, but will have the the same career as someone who was an extra on Twenty One Jump Street. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then we're going to cast someone who is like Laurie Petty but Hispanic. Right, we want. <laughs> We, what was the character's name from Alien? Oh, uh, Vasquez. Yeah. yeah, can we get Vasquez for this? No? Okay. No. How about okay. somebody like Vasquez? Yeah, it was very Vasquez. It really was. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then we're going to... Koto? No? Okay. Okay, and we're going to cast Adam Baldwin in this movie, but tell him just deliver the lines. Tell him don't act. Just have him read the cue cards, and that's it. So that seems to be the stage direction that they gave him in this movie is just read the cue cards, no emotion, just read the cue cards. And I'm like, wow, this is the same guy who was on Firefly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, movie. they gave the same direction to Ed Louder, too, but he said, fuck you. I'm going to act. Well, that's Ed Louder. I mean, yeah. no matter what role he gets, he's going to be like, I'm going to act the shit out of this scene. <laughs> this is my set. This is Ed Lauer's set. <laughs> I am the Robert Loja of this movie. I am going to act the hell out of this. Who let Adam Baldwin on Matt Lauer's set? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, man. 
if you are into this kind of movie, right? If you are into like like I I, I am, like I'm into bad sci-fi movies from the '90s. That's just a, a so, that is a soft spot for me. Oh, this I would watch, right up your alley then. Yeah, I would watch the hell out of this movie. I don't know if I can suggest this movie to people though. Like anybody who's not me. If if you're bored or you're drunk with your friends and you just want to watch a film that'll make you say what the fuck so many times, this is a suggestion. Um, if you if 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 you want to see what the the original programming was like on the Sci-Fi Channel yeah. back in the early days, this is a great example of it. If you're a fan uh, of history of direct-to-video sci-fi movies. This is one to watch. Yeah. I and mean, course, I, we're, I enjoyed course, the hell intru- out of it because it was we're in- wild. We're introduced to Swayze in a sex scene out of all things also. Oh, it's yeah. just like he's he's porking his girlfriend and he hears the news. Well, shit, what's that outside? <laughs> yeah, meth Swayze. Um, just, <laughs> just rail thin Swayze over here. <laughs> Running out of this trailer, you know, he <laughs> just like. What the hell is that? Oh, shit, my satellite. <laughs> Who the hell are you? <laughs> but yeah, if, if those are your bag, like they are mine, then I would suggest this movie. If if not, you could probably skip it. You could probably <laughs> skip it. If you're, if you're a Clint Howard completionist, this is up your alley. <laughs> oh, we got to talk about his role, because yeah, even please. though it was just a glorified cameo in this movie, he, he also played a Cyberman, I guess. Uh, because he is a robot on board the the ship when the, they find out what's going on, who is programmed to basically take out Cyberman, deactivate him, so that way the codes don't get in the wrong hands. And he's willing to do whatever it takes, including killing the pilots. And so Cyberman realizes this and wakes up and is just like, nope, goodbye, Clint, and kills him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, but, Clint, and Clint Howard, it's like doing the robot voice is cracking me up because I'm waiting for him to say Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, when he's <laughs> delivering his lines. But, you know, here's the thing, and I was talking about it a little bit on um, when we were recording for uh, Ice Cream Man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what the situation is if if Clint Howard shows up in a movie, you perk up. Yeah, it's always interesting to be like there. Somehow that takes it to another. Like uh, Clint Howard is MSG. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what I mean by that is Clint Howard is going to make whatever you're watching better. It might not be good for you. But it's going to be better because of Clint Howard being in it. Well, like when he – I remember being in the theaters, even for the Austin Power movies when I was in the theaters and Clint Howard all of a sudden appeared on the screen. He got applause in our theaters. And this is a mainstream movie. I mean these are the Austin Power films. So, yeah, every time he appeared, he got applause. Even in Solo, when we went to go see Solo, mm, he got yeah. applause from our audience. So People love I, Clint Howard, man. People He's... love Clint Howard. You know, it's, it's it, And plus also, well, with Solo, it goes to that whole – age old game of okay this is a ron howard movie where's clint right yeah. <laughs> right when's clint showing up 
it's the Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi thing. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but I mean, just he just did such a good job in everything. Mm-hmm. He makes everything better that he appears in, and God, God bless us for having a Clint Howard in our world to be able to watch movies with him in it. Like that's yes. just it's it, it's great. It's going to be a sad day when he does leave us because it, it is a joy to watch him. I, as you know, we've discovered an easy in, in evil speak and the ice cream man and uh, the Wraith and all the other movies that we've watched him in here. And I mean, there's even movies that we haven't touched on. That's a, a blast to watch him in mainly you know, high uh, rock and roll high school. He mm-hmm. is so much fun in that movie. Um, and his acting credits just go on forever and ever and ever <laughs> it's just yeah yeah and he elevates whatever he's in so thank yeah. you clint for everything that you do mean it from the bottom of my heart you've given us three months of awesome movies to watch and uh wouldn't have it any other way i agree all righty um yeah we're going to be having uh another festival like this later on this year i think i think we'll start it after halloween when we do uh the uh, inspired Lillard fair to celebrate everything <laughs> Matthew Lillard. Um, just, what's funny is since we announced we were going to do Lillard fair, he has been all over the news being the best guy <laughs> you can imagine being. God bless him, man. Like, like Tom Hanks level wholesome guy. Yeah. Good job. Good job, Matt. Like Way to make us look good for for pulling you out of pulling you out and saying you know he, this is an interesting actor who I have never heard anything bad about. Oh, and he's fun to watch too. Oh, he's I so mean, much fun to watch. He's so much. He, I've been a fan <laughs> of his ever since Serial Mom. So yeah, I mean, it's... I just keep thinking of his performance in Thirteen Ghosts and how good it is, <laughs> just how over the top and yet somehow like relatable. Like it, I, I can't wait to do. I can't wait to do. What well, gives us a chance to, you know, revisit something like S, uh, SLC Punk, which also has another another favorite of ours, you know, Devin Sawa. Uh, mm-hmm. So we get a one-two there uh, with with Matthew yeah. Lillard and Devin Sawa. There, wait till we do so. Sweet and Sour. It's coming. So. <laughs> 2023, baby. Sweet and Sour. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But. Uh, we've already announced the film the film that i've chosen for you on the last episode when we were wrapping up yeah, uh, the ice cream man you have teased me with saying something that this is probably the most mainstream thing you've ever chosen it, to show i think it might be the most mainstream th- thing we've done okay I'm, which scares I'm curious. me right because the whole point of this was digging deep and um finding stuff you know but that being said, June is Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Um, this show has helped me to understand myself. You have, as much as anybody else in my life, Roy, you have helped me to understand myself a little better and my place in the sexual spectrum. And and I appreciate that very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was thinking about what we could do for Pride Month that might really, really reflect on the poignancy of what I think this show is and does outside of just us getting to make dick jokes and watch awesome (laughs) movies. Uh, I started thinking about everything I'd watched in the last year. Um, in the last couple of years, as I started to kind of, uh, 
address some of the sexual dysmorphia that I felt in my life and, mm-hmm. and what it means and how it's okay that I'm who I am. Um, and one of the things that really jumped out at me was something that you turned me on to, not that I would, I probably would have found it anyway, but you were adamant that I watch. Um, and that was Scream Queen. And yes. so I started thinking about that. And then I started thinking about the fact that the last time that I watched Nightmare on Elm Street 2 was with was with uh, Rick Gutierrez. Oh, God. <laughs> we, we were doing a retrospective of all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And I wasn't watching it at the time through a um, poignant kind of introspective gaze. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was making fun of, like, Ernest Borgnine head dogs and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so my choice is Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Roy. I am super stoked. I mean, first and foremost, if you've not seen Scream Queen, the documentary Scream Queen, I mean, even if you're not gay, if you are a fan of the Elm Street franchise, this is a must-see documentary. Because I mean, it not only digs deep into one of the most polarizing uh, films of the entire franchise, but also about how the Hollywood system, especially during the time of the AIDS Mm -hmm. crisis and everything, can really just chew you up and spit you out. I mean, you're 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 touted as the next big big thing like he was. I mean, uh, not only, you know, with the starring role in Elm Street, too, but his performance on the television. I think it was Grand Hotel that he was on. Um, And, you know, he was touted to be the next big, big thing. But because he was gay and did not want to hide his homosexuality, he was just discarded hardcore by Hollywood. And this film is very cathartic to watch, to see him not only just address everything that happened, but to finally get closure with the, with all of the wounds that the reaction to Nightmare on Elm Street 2 back when it first came out happened, with not only the screenplay writer kind of like proverbially throwing him under the Hollywood bus by making this film that they claim has not got homosexual undertones, which it very clearly does. Um, But finally having closure with that screenplay writer and also him discovering that this film actually does have fans like myself and is a, a film that has a very special place in their heart in their coming out experience like myself. So, yeah, the fact that you chose this movie, I'm so fucking happy right Good. now. I was Be- worried because it's so mainstream. Oh, any chance to talk about this movie, <laughs> I'm happy about it because I am, like like with Halloween 3, I am a massive defender of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. So I will die on that hill on how wait much till, I love <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street till, then, 2. Then you should wait till after uh, Sweet and Salva. When we do Adkins diet, it's coming too. Um, <laughs> Adkins diet, I love that. <laughs> it's going to be us watching the fog six times, just so you know. Adkins diet, the diet that makes you go thrill me. Um, <laughs> the, the guy, the diet that's just this, just this side of making you Mitchell. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I, awesome. I, I wanted to watch it with through different lens understanding myself more now knowing that you have a, this movie has a very special place in your heart and knowing that you reintroduced me to it. I thought it was a really important time during pride to talk about this. It's definitely a great film to talk about during pride. It's and interesting. It's an that we insane got, movie. It yeah. is 
it is bonkers. It really is. Bonkers. It's definitely bonkers. And I love I love that we're going to have a yin and yang going on uh, with the month because, I mean, I went total camp with Boom and Madden's place. Yeah. And you're going with a film that, you know, was torn apart by a fan base, but then has now resurrected because it's become for many people an important part of queer cinema. So I love the yin and yang that's going on. But it's a wild. But the other part of this is, it's it's a wild film. Yeah, it's It's, really easy to look at it for its importance in the LGBT community, right? It's really look at it to important to to look at it for the importance of 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 Mark Patton's journey. But it's also batshit insane. Insane, it really is. It's (laughs) the things that happen to this movie are balls to the wall camp crazy yeah. so i thought it was a good choice because we'll be able to have some fun talking about it too and this is the film that introduced us to freddy krueger's tongue too so <laughs> this became a, which true. became a staple in the movies so yes. isn't this the movie where he gets where he he gets sassy he like, starts getting sassy in this one he's full-blown sassy by the time part three comes around okay. but yeah i mean because yeah, I mean, we'll get into this more. You got him hitting on, you know, the main character, the male screen queen of this movie. So, yeah, yeah, he gets a little sassy here. Um, he's, I think, a little darker in this movie, too, than he than you know, yeah. because of what he's trying to do in this film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we get full-blown sassy Freddy Krueger in part three. Okay. So, yeah. All right, good. I'm glad that you approve of the film. I was just worried because oh, of God, how yeah. mainstream it is. So. Oh, no, I definitely approve of this one. All right, good, good, good. I can't wait and to then, watch it. And we're one month away from our fourth anniversary, which is going to be oh. giant. We got so much planned. We're we're doing three films for the month of July, folks. Whole ass films. Uh, one film that we came to a common ground on choosing, because <laughs> uh, we're just like it's time for us to finally do this movie because it's that much fun, and. We neither of us know what the other one has chosen for our big fourth anniversary film. Um, I can't wait. wait. Neither one of us can't wait to reveal what that is. So I can't wait, man. Oh, my God. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. (laughs) All right, gang. Well, thank you so much for joining us for uh, the Clint Howard celebration over the past three months and tune in next month when, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Boom, Madden's Place, and Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. God, what a what a team. What up. a lineup. Wow. What a lineup. We've got an Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton movie. we got a, a drag puppet and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> only on this show. Only on this show. <laughs> it's, it's free. <laughs> free entertainment, folks. It's free, guys. Uh, all right, gang. We'll see you next month. Talk to you later. Bye.